0: Welcome, this is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Arme Griech, and today with me is uh, Simone van Nerven. Uh, She is the head of innovation at Vueling. Uh, Welcome, Simone.
1: Welcome, good to be here.
0: Uh, No problem. And uh, of course, uh, I would like to start off with uh, a little bit about yourself. So could you uh, tell a little bit about yourself and also how you got started at at Vueling?
1: Yeah, well, that's an interesting story. So for me, uh, back in the days, I studied mathematics. Uh, though I was in doubt whether to su- to, to study psychology or mathematics, uh, I turned up to uh, to go for the big uh, adventure or challenge. Uh, and it has always helped me in in my career. Because uh, with mathematics, you learn not to be afraid of big, complex uh, things. And there is always a solution. And it might not be the first thing you figure out. Uh, and you have to be very persistent. Uh, but you can always uh, you can always find uh, your way there. Um, so after university, I uh, joined another company, um, which was the D- Dutch Royal Post. Stayed there for not too long, and then I switched to KLM, which is the Royal Dutch uh, airline. Uh, and actually, I stayed there quite long. Uh, and uh, I quit my job last year, uh, beginning of last year. Um, because the last job I did there was sort of a career-ending move. Uh, it was one of the greatest uh, jobs uh, ever. Uh, I was uh, working directly for the CEO of KLM in a very free role. Um, and I was helping um, employees uh, to, to make their uh, ideas, uh, to, to let their ideas become a reality uh, from very small, simple ideas that Solved like five thousand euros to, to big ones, uh, resulting in a in a saving and a cost saving of five hundred thousand euros. And I did that uh, for about uh, eighteen months. Um, and during that time, we saved about fifty million uh, uh, euros. Uh, but that yeah, but that was not maybe the biggest uh, positive impact of this initiative, uh, because it was a real driver for bottom up innovation. Um, and together with that, and I'm a strong believer in that, you, uh, we saw that the, empl- uh, the engagement of employees uh, really uh, really improved as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I did that. Um, the board absolutely loved it. The employees loved it. Uh, but I bumped in a lot of uh, resistance in middle management. Um, so last year, beginning of last year, I was... Uh, um, you say? it approached by Vueling. Uh, Vueling is the spanish uh budget airline, and they asked me to become their head of uh, innovation over there mm-hmm. um, it was uh it was not an easy decision to leave k l m after uh, so many years over there um, but it was time for for something new uh, and I needed to learn something new and not only professionally but also personally yeah. So uh, I, I decided to dive into the Spanish adventure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah because you're based in uh, Barcelona right now, right?
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, I I, I uh, am based in Barcelona, but also in Amsterdam. So okay. when I learned a lot at KLM, and also one of the things that I learned is that I'm a quite of a free soul. Uh, so when I was in, uh, where I was talking to willing i said i want to come over but i don't want to have a permanent contract yeah so i will find my own company and you can uh you can hire me like in a sort of freelance construction yeah exactly and well they were not that much of a fan of it uh but uh, in the end they said okay so my company is still based in holland which means for tax purposes i cannot be in spain for more than 180 days a year yeah but the good part is when you work on innovation, it's um, it's not only working on stuff of today, but also thinking about the further future. And when you are um, all days and every time, uh, well, uh, uh, all of your time within the context of the company, it is pretty hard to think uh, big and, uh, and be very open-minded yeah. and, and to think a little bit crazy. So for me distance and then it's it's like how do you say it literally uh being on distance helps a lot in that part of my uh, job
0: yeah and that's that's a good point i think that uh, a lot of people forget that when you're in a company for uh even even a year uh, you already have some kind of um you have you have some kind of way of looking at things that um, that kind of hinders you into seeing like the things that are actually that actually need to change right yeah actually uh,
1: that's 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 exactly it and I notice sometimes I'm, I'm now uh, in this role for about 18 months and sometimes I notice and I say to my team oh that's not possible because I'm like no I, I should not be the one saying that kind of stuff yeah everything should be possible
2: yeah.
1: and um, yeah, well, it also requires a little bit of a rebellious mindset uh, To be always open to to new perspectives, but also to be vocal about that. Yeah um, Well, but I was hired to be a little bit the crazy one. So um, Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you need to be if you're a head of innovation <laughs> You kind of need to right. Yeah,
1: but it, I, I think that is a big dilemma so I talked to a lot of head of innovations so they're all like a little bit of crazy people, uh, but everybody is struggling with this because we all know we are there to say the things that nobody else wa- uh, dares to say, but also we get so much resistance because we do that mm. that it can be sometimes quite frustrating. And and how do you find the right balance between that people still accept you and, and, and go for your solutions or your approach versus... Um, well, it's it's not it's just incremental, and it should also be big. So
0: yeah, exactly. And uh, w- one thing that uh, that's hard for a lot of people is to is change uh, in general. Um, so how do you go about that uh, when you're because Whaling is probably a, a pretty large sized company. So uh, how do you how do you instill that change, and how do you kind of uh, let people see that the way to go is uh, this uh, new change that you're maybe proposing or this new innovation that you're proposing?
1: Yeah, it's, so uh, so it's a, first a, a, a small anecdote because when I quit my job at KLM everybody's like, why are you going to that small airline there in Spain? And uh, well, actually the number of passengers that Welling has is the same as KLM, so it's, it's <laughs> not a small one. Um, yeah, so, but we have less employees uh, because we outsource uh, way much more than like the legacy carriers. Yeah. Uh, the way I, I try to involve people in change, I do that in different ways. Uh, so the first thing is I have put human-centered design in the heart of my innovation strategy. And, and human-centered design is, is strongly correlated with design thinking uh, metho- methodology. Yeah. So within that methodology, you have a lot of tools where you uh, collaborate uh, with your colleagues. So uh, we facilitate a lot of workshops and sessions where we tackle problems uh, together with our colleagues. And it's, a, it's for me, I've always seen that this is a great way to involve people in the business um, and to get, engage them and get them along, uh, well, the journey to the future. Uh, on the other hand, I have uh, introduced um, the three horizons. And it's a McKinsey model, but the, I think the McKinsey model is pretty theoretical. So I, I made it quite practical. Uh, so if, if I talk about the three horizons, so the first horizon is like the here and now, what happens in, in zero to two years. Is where I keep my feet on the ground. Uh, and then Horizon 2 is what happens in, in two to five years. And Horizon 3 is where, well, more like the crazy stuff happens, right? Where we have our head in the, in the clouds and what happens in, in, in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So how I, apply, uh, how I apply this is, for instance, for Horizon 2, we, with service design, we create visions. We do research and then we say, hey, how, how do we think that the future will look like? which is actually still sort of realistic. So, for instance, one of the main initiatives in my team is the future airport experience. So we have created a a three-minute animation of how we look at the the future uh, airport experience. Um, And it has uh, a lot of new technology elements uh, in it.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: we show this to our colleagues, and we say, well, we think that it's uh, going there. Um, and this is why we are testing certain technologies or certain solutions uh, today. Uh, and by the way, the things we are working on today are also solving some of your problems. So a very specific uh, example is uh, we, we are testing facial recognition for boarding, uh, which is a new technology. Uh, but the boarding problem is a big issue of today. Yep. So my colleagues in ground operations, they see, hey, we see that facial recognition is can can help to solve problems of today, and we also see how it is a, a part of the of the of the future and how it is put in the perspective of that. Mm. So, so this was an approach I had no clue if it was working, but it turns out to work pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: that yeah. makes that makes sense. I mean, um, when I think about it, uh, a lot of ideas that, uh, for example, I propose when when we're doing uh, when we're doing stuff on our end. Um, a lot of stuff that that gets proposed is uh, is visual because uh, people can listen to you like ramble about okay we need to do these kinds of things we need to have facial recognition they'll all be like yeah yeah that's yeah. probably going to work but uh, when they actually can see something like as you said some kind of animation or whatever uh, it gets a little bit um it lets a. it gets a little bit more real to them uh, and i think yeah, that, that's the thing
1: exactly that and and it is especially important if you work in a a company so uh, where uh, i think the 4,500 employees we have, its we have about 60 to 80 different nationalities working.
2: Mm.
1: So uh, I also have some different nationalities in my team. And you already get miscommunication just because you have a different mother language. Yeah. And yeah. visualization helps in, uh, well, incredible, incredible, uh, incredibly yeah. in, in these kind of things. And, and what also happened is it, it was actually quite funny because uh the the future airport experience was one topic they already had been working on a little bit before i uh became the head of innovation and a lot of people had different views on that so we started to build our or create our o- first vision and once we had that and we showed it to people we got discussions like no but i don't think we will have our own cars for instance and i said no well okay it's good to know but finally we had the right discussions about this topic instead mm. of like uh Uh, several initiatives all over the place and nobody understood the well the context or the the relationship between these initiatives
0: yeah exactly so what's what's interesting to me about the the kind of uh, airliners and stuff like that is that uh, it it kind of seems to me that doing innovation within this kind of sector is hard just because there are a lot of like rules and regulations and stuff like that so how do you how does that work for for you? Because I can imagine that that sometimes hinders some things that you would really like to implement.
1: Yeah. So the the, the airline industry is um, is a very risk averse industry, and uh, that comes because we don't want planes to crash. Yeah. So yeah. it's good that we are very aware uh, of the risks. Uh, however, it has. Uh, so risk aversity has has now ingrained in every small part of every team uh, within the airline industry, uh, and I think that has gone a little bit too far. Uh, so um, you can test and experiment because when you test and experiment, well, uh, you you also have have to have, uh, have to be able to make some mistakes, and there are a lot of areas where you can do these kind of things without uh that having an immediate impact on flight safety yeah uh, or and and what i always try to do with uh, when we test is uh, upfront think about the context so how how big can the experiments be without having these kind of uh, risks yeah exactly. um and you can test you can test a lot with your customers, right? At the air, I, I pushed my team to go to the airport the other day we had built a uh, a prototype. So I have in my team a mix of developers and uh, service designers. So some of my developers are real techie geeks, and they can build prototypes within two days. So they build a prototype. We brought it to the airport, and then we just asked some customers to use and test it. Mm-hmm. Um, so within Within the company, sometimes people say you cannot bring half products to your customers. It should be perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, what am I? What I see is when we do this kind of things and we say to our customers, "Well, it's just uh, we are just testing, and do you want to 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 work along with us?" And people really love that. They they love to to help you and to to experiment. So actually, I get a lot of positive uh, comments from our customers when we do this, and they like to be involved. When we, well, design new services or improve our services, mm. uh, knowing that they are really being heard and uh, that yeah. their input is welcome and used.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense because uh, especially when it's uh, when it's stuff that's annoying people, right? Like you said, with the boarding process, uh, that can uh, that can really annoy people. And when, when they see that actually someone is trying to solve that problem, even yeah. though it's not perfect at 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 first, yeah, it, does, it doesn't really matter in that sense because you. You are already showing that kind of willingness to solve a problem, yeah. uh, even yeah. though the actual solution isn't there yet.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it, yeah. Yesterday, um, so what happened is uh, we one of the people in my team posted a link, uh, uh, posted something on LinkedIn, and one of uh, someone replied to it, hey, and uh, it was about hey, we went to the the airport to get to collect some feedback. So one guy replied, which was a frequent flyer of uh, Welling, and he said, oh, that's actually a really nice approach. Thank you. So I replied to this guy. I said, hey, if you, if you want, you can uh, come over and we have a chat and maybe i meet you up in the air because, well, I'm a very frequent flyer too. So, uh, so uh, we, we got into a chat and that guy uh, came to the office yesterday and we had a good chat with him. And... Um, it is actually nice because he was like, what? I'm invited to to, uh, to bring some ideas. And uh, so um, these kind of small things uh, can have a great impact. Yeah. Uh, what also helps is I, I fly a lot, especially because I am living in two cities. Uh, but I, for my job, I also have to go uh, all over Europe and actually all over the world, which is good because I am very much in touch with our product uh, and our services. So I pick up um, annoyances for uh, for our customers very quickly because I am one.
2: Um, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing, and I think um, that's that's what a lot of people are saying right now, and they're starting to get. And I, I've I've noticed it myself uh, before, where when I started the first project that we were working on here, uh, it, it uh, we we tried to do all kinds of stuff and build all kinds of stuff in, uh, but. Uh, um, if you don't get it to the user or the the yeah. customer, uh, you won't get feedback on it, and that's yeah. the that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people think like, okay, uh, but what if we release this and this doesn't have all the functions yet that we that someone needs to have these these features that everybody wants? Uh, yeah, I mean that's. It's better to ship than to not ship at all yeah. <laughs> in that yeah. sense.
1: No, but and, and ship uh, but uh, open for feedback. So this morning yeah. I, I just sent a, a message to uh, the digital team. And I said, hey, guys, I am uh, checking in for a flight. Uh, and I get stuck in the app. Uh, and I know I see you have changed something because I, I, I'm in the Voiling app like uh, uh, almost daily. And I say, hey, guys, I see you have changed something. Looks great. But do you, now know, do you know that now uh, a customer gets stuck? I cannot leave a certain screen anymore. <laughs> so I send it to them. So, oh, shit, we didn't know yet. So yeah. now they can solve that. But actually, I think they, what I try to do is to learn them to get really closer to the customer. And, and before launching these kind of things that at least some users have tested. Uh, so the, the other day, uh, my team invited 10 uh, cabin crew um, uh, colleagues uh, because we are not only working for customers but also for our employees. And so we had 10 cabin crew uh, over the office. um, And um, we also invited three developers. So the developers, they built an app for our crew that they can use. And we are creating a day in the life of our cabin crew. So uh, they explained a lot about how their day starts in the morning and, and what kind of sources they use for all the information and what their pains are during the day. So the developers went quiet for the entire day. And yeah. at the end, they said, we had no clue. We yeah. had never, ever heard about these kind of things. And the crew was so happy that, that there were developers who who said hey but these three things you mentioned we will work on it and within a week they will be solved so it is not that difficult right but it's just a matter of I think approaching things differently than we, than we used to do or so
0: yeah and th- th- yeah. that's interesting because that that a lot of people talk about like the the customer journey and how everybody goes through the uh, how a customer goes through the journey of doing a business with you uh, yeah. But a lot of people also forget they're also employees that also have k- kind of a journey themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that is something that we kind of maybe sometimes lose out of sight, uh, although that impacts the customer journey heavily in that sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. There are our touch points to yeah. our customers. So yeah. yeah, and what I also notice is that a lot of companies say, yeah, we are so employee focused or we, have, we are really customer centric. But I, I I see that as a lot of words. Um, for me, by putting human-centered design in the heart of my innovation strategy, I am actually doing this. So I'm not talking about it, but we are doing uh, uh, this. So yeah. I push my team to be at the airport, but not only the airport. I also want them to go to re- train stations and just uh, to spaces where a lot of people are uh, and just to learn, learn about human behavior, to see what. Well, sometimes you can learn a lot from other environments, what they do well, and we can just steal those ideas and implement yeah. it in our own environment, yeah. yeah
0: and that, that makes sense, the, 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 uh, but the way you get that input for the innovations that you need to create uh, comes from a different source than just yourself, right? Uh, yeah. So how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you collect that at the moment? So is that also something uh, that you, you've mentioned the bottom-up kind of in- innovation that you did before? Uh, is, uh, how, can you explain a little bit about what you, what that means to you? Uh,
1: yeah, but I'm quite outspoken about that one because <laughs> no, I, I see a lot of people say, "Yeah, we need to collect ideas," and uh, it, the the problem is not to collect ideas, but the, mostly the problem is how to to execute on those uh, on those um, and to make them real valuable for a company. So what I see is I see a lot of frustrated employees uh, uh, everywhere, right? So uh, I, I, I see that in the companies I've worked for. And I hear it when I talk to a lot of people uh, when they work in other companies. And the frustration mostly comes from I have good ideas, but no people don't listen to me or my management list doesn't listen to me. Um, and what I have learned is that sometimes good ideas are not good ideas. They look good ideas, but if you look, if you put them in bigger perspective, they might not be the best idea for a company. But but employees never get feedback on that, so they never, uh, yeah, they never get uh, the time that someone explains, hey, that's actually a nice idea, but do you know that the impact of your idea on other teams is negative? So therefore, in the bigger picture, it cannot be uh, implemented. Yeah. Because if you do that, if you take that time, people are like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I've never looked at it like that. Oh, now I know. And then they can leave an idea, and maybe they they were uh, pushing that idea for five years. Or, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And and maybe the idea that they have, um, although maybe maybe not the best idea, it can be turned into something that is a good idea and that yeah. doesn't have that impact.
1: Exactly. Uh, but but sometimes it's also so. This is what one of my learnings from KLM. And I think this is a was a brilliant example. It was, was a. Uh, A purser who sent an email and said, hey, uh, on board in the galley, so it's like the kitchen of the uh, airplane, we have a a, a metal panel which we never use. So if we take it off, uh, we can save uh, some kilos and kilos are uh, uh, flying weight is uh, burning fuel. So maybe we can save something there. So I said, okay, let's have a look. And I got in touch with some people who were able to say, okay, we can take this panel out. Uh, and we can do that through all the requirements. And uh, because you, an aircraft, everything is regulated. Uh, so you cannot put something in or out just like that. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and so within, but, but within two weeks, uh, so somehow uh, I, got, I got to the right people. And within two weeks, we were able to say, yeah, we can take it off. We can change all the papers. We can get authorization to do so. Um, So we we did that. So taking off this panel was like two or three kilos. But if you do that on every uh, plane, and a plane flies a lot, we save like 50,000 euros. (laughs) Just one panel,
2: yeah. (laughs) Just one panel. (laughs) So
1: uh, I replied to the person. I said, thank you so much for this uh, this idea. Um, First of all, I want to invite you for a breakfast session with the CEO because we did that to encourage also people to, to come up with these kind of ideas and to show that this was uh, the right uh, behavior. And also, so I, I received 50,000 euros with your uh, idea. Mm. So that person replied to me and he, uh, he said, I have a double feeling about this. So uh, first of all, I'm extremely happy that we made it happen and that we do it, did it so quickly and that I was able to contribute this to, 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 to KLM the reason why i'm frustrated is i have been uh, dropping this idea for five years nobody listened to me so how come that you can do it within two weeks yeah so and this is why i in the beginning said uh, this was a career-ending move for me Uh, because somehow management was like oh this is not a good idea i'm not gonna do it yeah but it's like yeah
0: it it shows that that uh that the leadership in part in that is is very important uh, it is it, yeah and i'm 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 wondering uh to, to you what what should the because what what should a leader have in your opinion that uh that kind of encourages this this kind of behavior is are there certain characteristics that you see that uh, that help out when uh, when for example these things are brought up so uh, how do you look at that
1: yeah, so what I see is that the, the first thing as a leader, you have to, you have to let go a little bit. And so sometimes um, um, I, I see leaders who want to control everything mm. and they are uh, on top of everything what their team is doing, uh, which paralyzes a team completely because every time a, te- uh, a team member wants to do something, they, they are going to ask for permission. So I have the same in, in Barcelona, right? In Spain, what you see in Spain, it's m- much more hierarchical. So that means that people ask also permission all the time. So I try to teach my team like, hey, guys, just go for it. And if it's not going to work out the way we want, I will cover your ass. Yeah. Um, which is something that sometimes I, I think, okay, let's, let, let it just happen. Uh, and it can turn out great but it can also turn out that i get get into a fight Uh, but i'm not afraid i stick up for my people but i i also let them let them go because by letting them go the most beautiful things uh, come out of my tea. yeah yeah, and,
0: and that's that's the thing. It's just trust in that sense. When you where you say okay, it's better. T- I, I I always say I I like the, the the kind of thing that when say when people say okay, it's better to ask for forgiveness afterwards than permission before. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of it kind of makes sense for us. Uh, and when I call uh, talk about us, I mean uh, you and me. Yeah. we we grew up uh, in in the Netherlands, where that's a little bit. Um, you're you're, we're kind of a rebellious people in in the first place so yeah (laughs) that that helps
1: yes true but i also see also in dutch corporates this is this is not uh, the nature of everyone Hmm. and uh but i see and and i also see that society is going much more into where people want individualism but that also means that people want to show that hey who, who they are right they want to not be like the rest so they want to have a voice and and i think that if you let people go a little bit you can also let them go and be themselves in in whoever they are and that uh how do you say that appeals much more than putting them like in a rhythm and here you have a job description and you have to stick within the job description because otherwise you get punished yeah uh, innovation is not happening when everybody is within their own job description. It's like you have to go to cross borders, meet other teams, um, um, and join forces. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, and one sense. other thing is because I, 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 one other thing is also I think that leaders should teach their people to fall in love with a uh, with a problem and not a solution. Mm. And I, am a very, uh, I, I, I think I say this at least once a day. Because in, uh, in my te- if you fall in love with a problem and you find a solution that is not working, you can let go the solution, but you still are very eager to solve the problem. Mm. If yeah. you fall in love with the solution, then you, it's, you, you want to make it happen.
0: Yeah, you, you're uh, going to try and fit the solution even if, the, <laughs> even exactly. if it doesn't fit the problem. Yeah,
1: yeah so, so in my team, so I have developers who build prototypes and they sometimes really fall in love with their prototype. But then, yeah, we have to kill it sometimes because it's just not solving a problem. That is tough, but the more uh, we, well, we joke about it or we pivot. So we have something and we say, well, this is not working, but we we can pivot it to another solution. And then it's actually solving uh, solving, uh, the problem. Um, But that is also, I think, building trust in your team and 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 well giving the people also the 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 space to to explore
0: yeah and and selecting the right people because that uh that kind of way of working uh also entails that you need to have people that can do that can work this way right Where, where they're not uh they they kind of need to have that freedom already and and know that this is uh something that they can just do and and because, as you said, uh, the, you, it's true. A, a lot of uh, corporate, star, uh, corporates in the Netherlands as well. Uh, y- you see that that over time it uh, it kind of disappears, right? It kind of disappears. That kind of mentality of just let's just do it and see if if it works. Uh, yeah. And and now they are uh, all kind of uh, they're 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 starting to get it, and then they are starting up. Uh, smaller kind of teams that are going to to focus themselves on innovation and then you actually see that it happens
1: Uh, yeah but then still uh, they are fighting a lot because for me yeah. so I guess um, small example is I uh, when we work with a startup uh, and then we have to uh, sign an agreement uh, then I have to work together with legal And I get like the normal legal documents, (laughs) like a hundred pager. Come on, guys. Can we set up like two pages where we have the context? And based on trust, we work for this small experiment together, come on, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, I I get that because uh, from a legal perspective, they also also want to cover all bases and see. Okay, uh, they they kind of do it like they're doing it with an, exactly. just a normal supplier anywhere, right?
1: Yeah, but but the same with purchasing, right? So the other day I I had to deal with the purchasing department where we where we. St- said, hey, we want to upload this uh, supplier uh, in, in our system because we have to pay them a little bit for this uh, experiment. Yeah. And then they said, but hey, if we need to tender first before we pick who we want to work with, and then, but I said, but this is a service that doesn't exist yet. That's yeah, actually exactly. what we're trying. Yeah. So it so completely not matches. And yeah, exactly. uh, what I would like is that people understand, okay, this is a team that works differently. Um, let's find solutions together because I totally respect their worlds right so mm. I know there should be rules and regulations because it's, otherwise it will be total anarchy
2: yeah
1: but also they should also respect my role uh, and then it's not always fighting but okay uh, we are in different worlds but how can we bring them a little bit together yeah. so it works for both sides and I, I, I think that is not happening a lot right now yeah in- that
0: makes sense yeah. yeah, yeah, I've I've seen it in tenders as well, where uh, where we're getting all these kinds of questions that uh, I'm like, okay, but we're not a business critical application for you, so <laughs> yeah, exactly, if, if, yeah. If, if this doesn't work, it's. Uh, I'm talking about customer surveys, for example, if this doesn't work, of course, it's important, but it's not something that your business will fail on if it doesn't work. But you're still asking all kinds of stuff yeah. like uh, having uh, all kinds of failovers, disaster recovery and everything like that. I mean, that that stuff is all important, but it's uh, yeah. it's less applicable to our situation exactly yeah exactly yeah so uh, w- one thing uh, that i wanted to touch on is a kind of a hot topic uh, lately uh, and also something that uh, I-, I haven't talked about on my podcast yet but i, I would like to talk about with you uh, so it it's women in tech uh, so uh, you you are in a position uh, where uh, I think you can uh, can speak to this uh, very well. Um, so, w- what is your view on that? Because uh, there are a lot of people saying, "Okay, we need more women in tech and stuff like that." How, how do you look at that?
1: Yeah. So, um, I I there is so much to do about this topic and about diversity and everything. So, for me, it's it's not only about women but it's like having a little bit more uh, diverse teams Mm. which means diversity in 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 how people look at the world in age in um nationalities um so for me uh it's not only about uh, women yeah um but being a a woman in this position as is i uh, what i feel is i at this moment i make Complete use of of that it's such a hype, um, mm. and it it probably opens doors that maybe somehow otherwise would have been uh, kept shut. Uh, but I also know that once the door is open, I can bring really good content. So I hate it when the door only opens when I'm because I'm a woman.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah.
1: But mm. for now, it's uh, well. If it opens the door, okay, let's use it. Um, yeah. What I notice is it's very uh, it, it's, ve- it's very deep in our society. So two weeks ago, I was at an event. It was pitch day. Um, and I was one of the judges, um, and, uh, uh, for a certain category. And I was a judge together with uh, five guys. Um, and we were discussing, uh, which startup we wanted to have selected for the program. Uh, we wanted to have a little bit more questions to one of the startups. So uh, we brought the startup uh, to our group um, and it uh, was uh, one guy. So he introduced himself to the four or five guys as judges and he just completely ignored me. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But also the other judges, they did not pay attention to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, hey, I'm not here to bring the coffee or something.
2: Actually, <laughs> yeah.
1: I have one of the most important roles in the judge, right? So, I, as a, in, in the judging panel. So yeah. it is very deep. I was in doubt whether to make a joke out of it or not. Uh, because I also don't want to be perceived as the one who is always bringing up this topic. Because yeah. uh, I'm a strong believer that you have to look at the qualities that, that a person brings in. Uh, but I also see that there is s- so much. Uh, pr- uh, what well,
0: it's ingrained I, in some cases, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's very
1: unconscious. So yeah. I see it with my friends. I don't have children. I see it with my friends bringing up children when they have a boy and a girl. How they treat the girls and how they treat the boys. Yeah. I'm like, come on! I, and I try to bring some. When I bring some presents, it's like a techy stuff uh, for also for girls so that they get used to it. And I try to show to the to the boys that there are also girls hacking computers and yeah, stuff. Like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that that's that's the interesting part to me is uh, there's kind of a stigma around uh, that technology is uh, mostly something guys do, uh, where I I really don't feel like uh, like that is the case. But uh, you see that I mean uh, when I was in uh, when I was in school, uh, it's a while ago, but uh, yeah. I, I I noticed that. We had one girl in the class, and <laughs> the rest yes. of us were guys. And yeah. I was like, that, "That's that's weird to me." I, I've seen it's changing because uh, a lot of uh, initiatives are starting up, and I'm I'm glad they are. Uh, yeah, because I think that, um, it, as you said, th- that that makes total sense. It ha- it is about the qualities as a person, right? It doesn't matter who you are in that sense. Is uh, if you're good at something if you're a really good i don't know front end developer for example yeah. i i don't care if you're a woman or a man or whatever yeah. uh, it it's it's about what you can bring to the table and actually uh, contribute to the team
1: so, yeah but what i also see is that you need to have a chance to to get
0: yeah, at the table sure.
1: and and yeah. there is a well it, it is unconscious uh, uh, bias mm. um Yeah. So that is what I see. What I try to do is to be uh, like an example for others. And uh, I pitch a lot and I get a lot of positive responses uh, uh, that um, because I always show also some hardcore technology stuff. and, uh, And I tell that I'm a mathematician. So. They can. They cannot bullshit me with AI. I, I know a little bit about that. So people get uh, really startled when I ask three questions, and they're like, "Oh shit, she knows what she's talking about." <laughs> uh, so uh, I always use this also as a yeah. it's
0: yeah, it's it's a hard top. It's a hard topic to to cover because uh, there are a lot of facets to it, uh, and I and I uh, I agree with you on that. Where. Um, the uh, the the chances, the chances should all, always be there as well um, it's the same thing as you said it's more about the diversification than uh, just women in tech I think because uh, there's there's always been some uh, some dispute and some stigma around. Uh, uh for example people that are not from the uh the the country itself and stuff yeah. like that uh, so yeah. it's not it's not only about the the women in tech but it's also about those uh though it's all about it's about all the groups right it's about but, and it's the...
1: but, but for, and for me it's also about age because what yeah, i see happens is sure. that sometimes people say to me well uh, after 50 well you, you you have to make it before 50 because after that there are they're, they're there is uh, well uh, yeah um, you're falling
0: yeah. off <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But,
1: but nowadays we have to work until 80 so when you're 50 you're not even half your yeah, career so yeah, yeah. and I also think that people with a little bit more experience if they work with people with less experience
2: yeah
1: you see sense. nice things happen because experience is also uh, adding value sometimes yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, no, especially in the world of innovation, everybody wants to. Work, yeah, we want to work with really young people because they're so open-minded.
0: Yeah, that's really well, sense.
1: there are also older people who are open-minded. Yeah. It's, and
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, as you said, uh, that th- that makes total sense. I mean, um I would rather have someone that's hungry and 50 years old than someone that's not hungry and 20 years old in that Yeah, sense. exactly. Yeah. That's even
1: worse because they are like like that for the next 50 or 60 years.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's that's something that a lot of people uh, th- that's that's what I I always kind of uh, look for uh when when selecting people that uh, are going to be in, in my team is yeah. I, I look for that kind of hunger and passion more than anything else uh, yeah. where, where I'm like, okay, that's one of the questions I ask a lot uh, in, in these kinds of conversations is like, okay, but why are you doing this? Right? So why are you a developer or why are you uh, yeah. doing this? And uh, I, it's you 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 kind of from that answer you will already know if you have the people the person that you want to have on your team i think in a lot of cases yeah Uh, yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah
1: Yeah. and i i i I, I totally agree so when i hire people i don't i always look at their personality and uh, if they if they match the team but they have to be a little bit crazy because otherwise probably they cannot work for me. <laughs> um, no, but I think you also should be able to make fun and uh, have uh, it's hard work, eh? but also celebrate when we have success and, sure. yeah. uh, and, and, and think, I uh, think outside the box, but I uh, always try to create win-win Yeah. because I don't like egos. Um, I think people should be humble um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and it's about it's about the team in that sense where you where you look at the things like okay uh when when someone in the team does it we did it right it's not just so, someone in the team that, yeah. that did it and that's that's something that uh, is also important to me is that um as you said egos are uh, c- can destroy a team very quickly uh, yeah it's the
1: other day i had so and this is also nice being a dutch person working in a spanish culture mm-hmm. where uh well i noticed that as well uh, without being stigmatizing but uh, i see boys more have like an ego than than uh, the girls and one guy in my team i had a chat with him and i said hey your success of the initiative you are doing is the success of us all. So exactly. it is not a problem to ask help, right? We are here. We have a very diverse team. We have everything you want in the team. But it's also up to you to, sometimes to say, hey, guys, I don't know. I need your help. Yeah. Because the others are very eager to help you. But they, yeah, uh, you have to open up. Yeah. Uh, and um, so uh, I try to... to create an environment in my team where there's trust so that people are like maybe who are not used to ask for help uh, that they are also starting to do that
0: yeah so, yeah. Uh, yeah and that uh, it, the, the cultures are changing in that sense a lot because uh, i i listened to a podcast a while ago uh, where they were also mentioning this like uh, we we need to f- when you want to be creative you can't have that kind of uh, you can't have that kind of hierarchical structure and uh, and permission and all these kinds of things where uh, when you want to be creative right yeah. when you want to have a factory worker that's fine, yeah. right? Where where yeah. they just uh, are on the line, and uh, they need to do this and this and this and this, and it, the out- outcome will always be the same. Yeah. It's different than creative jobs. So yeah, so
1: so we we talked a little bit about leadership. So what I think what a leader should do is create the right context. Exactly. So and I think context also means that employees know well. This is like these are sort of the boundaries. When you go out there, uh, you get well that that might uh, bring some problems for the company or Mm. but but within this area you can do whatever you want yeah i'm a strong believer in that and if people know these boundaries they also will come to me so for me that they will come to me and say hey i have a new idea but it's outside the boundary so it can be a bit tricky what are we going to do and then you have a really good discussion about that instead of that people don't even think about it. Yeah,
0: so, exactly, where they, where they just see the wall and that's it, right? Yeah,
1: and, and, and then they see probably the wall smaller than you see it, so then they even are uh, limiting themselves even more. Yeah. And I just want to have the conversation, okay, that they are thinking about, hey, this could all be possible, and knowing, well, this is, uh, I can just push for this, and this I need to, uh, well, to have a chat about.
0: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I want to ask you two more questions uh so uh one of them is a little bit about the the future of of this kind of industry that you're in right now um uh, so wh- where do you see where do you see that going so where do you see the what are the kind of the th- key things that you think are going to change in this kind of uh, airline industry
1: yeah well i think uh one of the things is not going to change but is i think it's already changing has to do with the environment
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we all know that flying is not that good for the environment uh, and, and and you see that more and more uh, that the awareness of this is growing so um, i had a lot of friends proudly tell me i went on holiday and i took the train uh, so i see that this is is growing so that also means that our competition is not only ryanair uh, it's it's not only airlines it's the trains and you see the train developments coming not only the current re- train, uh, but also the Hyperloops and the, 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 the bullet train, fast trains. Mm-hmm. So I, I, especially in Europe, uh, and, and then for a company as well, we have uh, almost only European flights. So th- this is something we should be really aware of. Uh, and then, then you have the electrical cars coming up, the self-driving cars. So, so maybe it's even nicer for me to take a car like that, picking me up in front of my office or house and bringing me to another city, maybe Valencia, whatever, dropping me off. And in the meantime, I've been able to work or, I don't know.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, yeah.
1: And I, but I, and another development that I also see is that virtual reality is becoming better and better by the day. So if I look at what happens in Venice right now, it's actually quite painful to see so many t- tourists actually destroying that city. Mm-hmm. But maybe in the future, you, you go to Venice, but virtually. Right, and maybe this is when it gets so real uh, that people are like, "Hey, I want to visit that place, but I don't want to actually bother, bother to to fly there." Actually,
0: go there, yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. uh, because of also because of the impact of it. -uh. So I I also see this kind of area. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's interesting to see. uh, To see that from that would be interesting to see from an airliner's perspective because they basically. bring you from a to b very quickly uh but if you don't even have to go uh yeah if you can give that experience yeah the it it will be a little bit hard to take instagram pictures in virtual reality but yeah uh, th- well, that's, who knows, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> maybe that will be a possibility later on but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean that that's interesting I, I think that i think that that's uh, something that uh, uh, that's of course, yeah. for everybody would be better if we could do that somehow.
1: So. Well, so the other day on, on LinkedIn, I saw um, a development where you have a hologram, mm-hmm. but like a real, real-time real hologram. So that, uh, that someone was in the room and uh, a couple of meters away, there was a hologram of that person. and All the movements that he made, the hologram made too. Mm. So for me, sometimes I'm invited to go to the States to pitch on stage for uh, one day. And I just hate to fly there because of the time difference yeah. and all the nuisance. So if you could t- teleport me with my hologram on stage and I, I think that would be really nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: for yeah. a lot of people that do a lot of, uh, stage, stage performances in that sense, uh, would, it would be interesting. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I always think about all these big conferences where all these people get, get together. Uh, huh. and, uh, yeah that 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 makes it makes more sense to especially if you're a speaker that needs to speak a lot uh, yeah. It, yeah it would be a very, very convenient option to to do it that yeah. way
1: so, so i see I see many, many uh, options and uh, opportunities uh, out there yeah,
0: yeah for sure so uh, the last uh, question, just to wrap up uh, yeah. what are you uh, what are you most proud of since you started uh, at Voiling?
1: um I think I'm the most proud of the team that I have built mm-hmm. um, because in the when I started there were the there was a small team and it was uh only spanish uh, guys with an i t uh, background uh, very much focused on technology very much in the office uh, and I've expanded the team with server designers uh with m- other nationalities uh gender. Um, and we are going out now. Uh, they work really well together, the developers and the service designers. So, so we, we push solutions from technology, but they are tested at, uh, with customers. And I see um, that everybody develops because of that. Uh, so all their worlds are opening because they see from their own perspective that... So for the service designers, they learn a lot about the technology and for the... Uh, technology guys they learn a lot about oh you should test and you should open up and and more to think about you ui kind of things mm-hmm. so so for me i think that is I, i'm the most proud of that and from that uh, the results we we get uh um, or, or how you say it? the del- deliverables we have as a team uh, well they come because we have a great team exactly
0: yeah. very cool uh simona thank you a lot for for being uh, for, for being a guest um it's uh, it's wonderful to talk uh, to someone that has uh, this kind of insight uh, from your perspective
1: uh, well, it's it's my pleasure to share uh, to share my story
0: sure sure and uh, of course uh, people can find uh, vailing on vailing.com uh, i will uh, of course link your uh, details as well uh, just so uh, people can see uh, what you are up to uh, yeah, and, and they l-
1: can link with me on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll put that in uh, as well. And uh, of course, for the listeners, you can find the Bits vs Byte podcast on uh, bitsvsbytes.com uh, and also on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, Twitter. It's all B- Bits vs. Bytes. And uh, you can sign up for the newsletter to get uh, uh, so five the things, five interesting things uh, regarding technology, business, and leadership uh, every two weeks on a Friday. Uh, you can find that on bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter. I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time.